to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines it shines no my light will not just go on hora basakala mashida bahaya mambro dos dagida haya no my light will not just go on it's not enough that you clear you have to be excellent your light no 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before and he has put all things under his side under his side So we began by looking at the a story in the book of 2 Kings of the four lepers were there three how many remember hmm? last week do you remember we looked at the story of the lepers first we read about the lepers who said even if we stay here we perish we go in we perish so betafetuaya and we die remember okay then i left that loose end in temple court in dimunspa so can you make me feel nice So we looked at that and then I left that end loose and then we went into uh establishing of doctrine. So we began looking at how prophecy was fulfilled. We went to look at the law. We were looking at the prophets. We were looking at the Psalms and the fact that what was written was for purposes of being fulfilled. And we reached a place where every time we would read what the law of moses said and what david was saying in the psalms as well as what the prophets were writing about <laughs> all we saw was jesus right and we went to the new testament and we were looking at how it was being fulfilled you know there are different dimensions of prophecy let me just set this quick foundation there is um prophecy is in what we call the revelation dimension of god the revelation dimension of god that is prophecy so there's prophecy that deals with what happened in the past where moses stood in order to tell the story of creation when no books were written is a place of prophecy so prophecy does not just tell the future it can tell the past and the reason why prophecy tells the past is to establish purpose so if you are not told from which dimension god created you from and what purpose So every time you are being told or you are having a revelation of what you're supposed to do you are in a dimension of prophecy that reveals to you your capacities invested by God in you it's a dimension of prophecy so that is called foretelling our foretelling when we go back into the past and we are looking at what what happened you and me had not even been there but it's a dimension of prophecy and then there's one it's all revelation and then there's one that tells the future it's revelation but it tells the future the events that are going to be happening in the future and then there's one which reveals what is in the mind of god which is called foretelling it is revealing what is in the mind of god revealing what's in the mind of god now revealing what's in the mind of god is not about just telling you mysteries it's about telling you what's in the mind of god it takes capacity a capacity of the spirit to download what's in the mind of god as a matter of fact there are prophets who don't give a word of knowledge or a revelation as you may know it but they speak with inspiration what is on the heart of god to be able to download what's on the heart and mind of god it could be a principle and communicate it directly to the people is prophecy because it is revealing what's in the mind of god to take the word of god that was already spoken and to speak it and believe it with power is also prophecy because you are revealing by your words what the purpose of god is so you are also prophesying but the one we know the most is telling you which socks you wore last week that's the one we know the most um where you are going to go but if and that's very important 
But if we stick to that one, we may be missing out on the many dimensions of the prophetic that God has for us. Because the one that deals with who was born in 1922 or what happened in your family before you were born, that one is a gift and not everyone has it. And also let just mention for everybody who is in, in ministry, there are some gifts that God gives. The Bible says he distributes severally as he wills. So there are some gifts, no matter how much you pray sometimes, unless God wills, you not have. There are some people who tell you that, well, I fasted 40 days and I began to prophesy. You have no idea how many times I've fasted the 40-day fast. Every year I have one. So if, if, if having some of those dimensions of the Spirit came as a result merely of fasting, and some of us would have been very gifted. But sometimes it's just the design of a person's spirit. God designed them to be like, them, I have friends who prophesy numbers. Your number is 0974. Like, this guy, we were eating cassava together. Me, I've been fasting. How come he's able to do that? So don't put yourself under pressure. I think when it comes to purpose, the most important thing is discovering what God wants you to do, and then you do it. I put up a status, a wisdom diary, and I said, ministry is doing what God asks you to do at the time he asks you to do it, to whomever he asks you to do that thing to with whatever God supplies for you to do it. So God sometimes will give different capacities. To one, he will give five. To one, he will give ten. To another, he will give four. What you're supposed to do is in distributing that which God had put in you. So for someone, it's a ministry of, of, of uh, the Bible calls it the ministry of, uh, uh, the Bible calls it ministry. There are people who, they just don't seem like they get sick. He's always, he's always taking things, putting them together, rolling carpets. He's always closing things, making sure. You, you notice this guy the whole year, he's never been sick. And every time he just wants to work. Meanwhile, he's feeling inferior because someone gave a word of knowledge. But God has empowered him with capacity to labor, to function. What you do is you faithfully execute that which God gave you. You know, purpose, purpose is not like, oh, you were called to be a prophet. It's partially correct. Oh, you are called to be an apostle. It's partially correct. But purpose, purpose is doing Purpose is a number of assignments you do correctly at the end of your life. So, for example, I can be called to be a deacon. In life, God called me to be a deaconess, right? But that diaconetry is going to be judged by the number of assignments that you did within that purpose correctly. Then we add them. Then we say you live purpose. So sometimes God can tell you, go and preach to that one. Sweep. Do this. As you are doing that, you are within purpose. And sometimes God will not tell you, oh, you, you are called to be a fire minister. No, 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 no. He will just allow, play the instrument, do this. As you keep moving, God begins to open you up to purpose. He begins to open you up to assignments. Then a point will come in your life where, when he will tell you something. He can even tell you, start a church. Even that church when you start, it doesn't mean you've arrived. There will be assignments. Start an impact conference. Do this, do that. So as you consistently obey God, you are executing purpose. So don't put yourself under pressure. Oh Lord, was I called to be a prophet? You can't bend, twist God's arm to tell you what he called you to be. The reason why we have the Holy Spirit is so that we can keep step. The Bible says if you live in the Spirit, let us also therefore walk according to the Spirit. That walk with the Spirit is what is important. That walk with the Spirit is what is important. So this is why you constantly come here, you listen to the word of God, and you get inspirations. I was preaching one time, and as I was preaching, somebody felt, that line is powerful. I can write a song. And they went and wrote a song. Another person said, wow, that's my word. They went and they wrote a book. As you constantly listen to the word of God and the inspirations of the spirit, you find that God is inspiring you towards assignment. And those assignments you do correctly will add up to your purpose. So don't put yourself under pressure. What was I called to be? What are you doing? You are in a big church. You can't even serve. There's so much you can do. You can sweep. Do, do something. Although we've got work. So just do something as you're doing things. God is going to be revealing to you. So you see, people like John the Baptist, Jesus said he's the greatest prophet who ever existed, but he never gave one revelation for what we know revelation to be. He never said, eh, as I was in the belly of the glory. 
He didn't say that. So sometimes what we, what we may think is the deepest to God may just be a small dimension. And then there's all these things. So there's so much we can get into, into prophecy. When you, write, when you read the writings of Ezekiel, you read the writings of Daniel, you notice there are significant differences among them as prophets. Okay? So it's important for you to... There are people whose prophecies you just don't know. But when you touch a pen and you begin writing, suddenly you've got a wisdom you never had. It's because you've got the grace for scribing. But you think you are inferior. There are some people, they begin drawing. As they begin drawing, they begin drawing the will of God. So there are many dimensions of the prophetic that we need to allow ourselves to give. It's vast. Otherwise, sometimes this is how come if I'm the only one prophesying and you don't know that there are many ways you can serve God, you start feeling like you have to depend on me for everything. Meanwhile, the same Holy Spirit who is in me is also in you. And whilst my responsibility is to, is to train you for the work of ministry, you see, the Bible says when the Spirit of truth he shall come, it says he shall tell you the things to come. It's an error for you to know nothing about the future when you have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying a man of God, I'm saying you. You may not have everything clear, but you should, when you sit down and say, mm, but the way I sense it, there should be a sensing somewhere. Just you as a believer. There should be, you know, the way I've been, as you're having conversations with your friend, I'm feeling like God wants us to invest in beans. Because I've been, every, I've tried to ignore it. Let's pray about it. Then you pray about it and then boom, you have a vision. You have a dream. You get what I mean? You work your way in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, work your way through the spirit. And so there are all these many dimensions of the prophetic. So we took time looking at how the prophecy was revealed and how it was fulfilled. And then I said, isn't it interesting that when you look at some of these prophecies, like how, you know, people like Micah prophesied exactly, reduce my volume a little, People like Micah prophesied exactly where Jesus was going to be born. People like Isaiah painted how Jesus was going to die. He says he's, he says he's a man of sorrows. And he says a number of things. He says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes were healed, Isaiah 53, that is. And then when you look, it's exactly the way he was painting it. So the question that I asked you earlier, as we were coming to a close, is what is it, what is that thing which makes such words come to pass? Isaiah was born, was, was in existence 800 years before Jesus. And yet what he said did not fall to the ground. It came to pass. By the way, another dimension of prophecy is the word of God. I hope you know that. Because the Bible says we've got a more sure word of prophecy. Talking about the written scriptures. So if you've never seen a fly in the spirit. And you want to feel prophetic. Just get the Bible. And say, oh Lord, I see. By the eyes of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, then you find those ones which favor you and the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28, you are prophesying. Because you are revealing to your environment the word of God with power. And remember what I told you. As you be, stay faithful in one level, God increases you. Because the Bible tells us that Daniel learned by reading the books of Jeremiah that it was time for the Israelites to come out of Babylonian uh, 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 come out of Babylonian slavery. And then as he began to pray, after revelation by reading what Jeremiah said, then now he started seeing Bene Gabriel and seeing kingdoms and all those things. So if you're not faithful in this level of the word of God where you can read it and you can see the prophetic by looking at the Bible, then you will not be qualified for the next big things. Are you listening to me? Hebrews chapter number four. Give it to me in the NKJV. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 12. The Bible reads, 
One, two, three, go. <clears throat> and so in this scripture, we are given both the anatomy and physiology of the word of God. It is living and active. Living is a part of it. It's alive. Every time you are dealing with the word of God, you are not dealing with the word of a human being. You are not dealing with theories. You are not dealing with physics and history. You are dealing with a person. The word of God is living. Living. It's alive. So he says, in the beginning, John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then they use the strangest pronoun. It says, he was in the beginning. Wait, I thought you were supposed to say it was in the beginning, because we're talking about the word. But you are told he was in the beginning with God. All things were made, maybe it was a mistake, but the next part says, all things were made through him. Hmm? And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was Daniel Kaira. Sorry, I normally, <laughs> sorry, I normally make a mistake. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came to bear witness. He was not that witness, but da, 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 da. he came to his own. His own did not receive him. You know, he came to the world. He created the world, did not receive him. Then verse 12 says, but for as many as received him. Still talking about the word. To them he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13 says, these were not born of flesh nor of blood, but of the will of God. Hey. Hallelujah. So the point I make is, the word is a person. History is a cause. It's an it. But this word, and history is also a word. But then this word is a person. So every time you are interacting with the word, you are interacting with a person. It may not be a person in the flesh, but the word of God, see, when you begin walking in the spirit, you realize the word of God has got capacity to behave like a human being. Like this guy who was testifying here, and then he says, mm? then a scripture came to me about the servant and the master. How did that scripture come to me? Because the word of God is a person. Because the word of God is a person. And as you begin rubbing yourself into it, it will now begin coming in a practical sense. Suddenly a scripture comes to you. You remember a scripture I read, given it shall be given back to you. That's the mistake you made. You read that scripture. Because when you read it and you only had the two kwacha, then it comes to you. Give. And it shall be. Very practical. Very practical. And why did I even read it? And it only comes to you to the extent of your reading and your hearing. So you must read. You see, the word of God, when you're reading it like this, it's amazing. I, I, I totally understand what he said when, when he said, uh, I, I don't know where it was written, but I just clicked dead. And then it took me to the scripture. That now means you are beginning to interact with the word you read. A lot of times you will read the Bible. It will look like nothing has happened. But when a situation comes, then you will not even remember what, what, where it was exactly. But then, boom, you say, oh, no, I read a certain scripture. Then when you go to it, it helps your mind. So whenever you have an opportunity to study the word of God, study it. Because a time will come where it will visit you. And you know where it will come from? Because when you read the word of God, it gets here. It doesn't disappear. It gets here. So when the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you, because the Holy Spirit does not speak to you separate from the word of God, he will look for what is in your heart. And then he will pull out your scripture and bring you to your remembrance. That's why Jesus Christ said, I have so many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he says, he will bring to your remembrance. That is to mean he'll bring to your attention that which you hear me speak. So as you are reading the word of God, you are hearing Jesus speak. What will now happen is the Holy Spirit will come and make an assessment of how much of Jesus, of the word you have. And then he will pull the word and then the word will come with the Holy Spirit. And then it will begin talking to you. It happened to me one time, I had a dream. And when I woke up from that dream, there was a scripture that I read maybe some 
three years ago, I'll give you the treasures of darkness. And then I heard it in the dream. And I woke up and said, no, I read the scripture somewhere three years ago. But it was there. It doesn't disappear. It's right there. That's why you just read and read and read. It's there. Somebody say it's there. It's there. Hallelujah. So that's one dimension of the word of God. It is living, but then it is active. It is active. It is active. By the way, I'm saying all this from the premise that prophecy is the word of God. So that means all those words which were spoken by David, all those words spoken by Moses, the laws spoken by Moses, and all those prophecies that were spoken by the prophets were not just things to write down. When they are released, they went into the atmosphere and they were waiting for a time. Why were they waiting for a time? Because prophecy and the word of God is a person. So a person knows when to do what and when not to do what. So when that word was released... It was waiting for the right time to manifest. Because it is living. It is living. It is living. The word knows when to come to pass. And when not to come to pass. So it is living and active. Now, I'm going to read this from the Amplified Classic. And it says... Marikula Yahweh. Marikulisha. Okay, I found it. For the word that God speaks. So that word, word, is the word that God speaks, not the one he writes. I'll get to that one of these days. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Listen to this. Living and active. The word active means making it effective, operative, energizing, and effective. Let me explain that. There is a dimension to the word of God, which is active. Now, the word active there comes from a word which is used to describe the working of an engineer or a surgeon. Meaning, when you say, when they analyze you, the first thing they will do is analyze. They will give you a diagnosis. They say, oh, something has swelled on the inside and we need to cut a something from you. So what they are going to do is first they are going to give you anesthesia. When they give you anesthesia, then they are going to start cutting you. And then they cut you carefully. They go, they remove this, they remove this. And then they go to where the problem is. Then they cut that particular problem out. Or they do whatever they are supposed to do. Then they carefully close. That's what the Bible means when it says active. That's why the word has got this property. To, it says it says. It goes to the soul, dividing, dividing line of breath of life and the immortal spirits and of the joints and the marrow and the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts. That sounds like a person. No, does that, can history do that? We have to apply it. You see, this is why, okay, we'll get to this. This is why when you are speaking the word of God, stop thinking, how is it going to work? No, the word of God has got the intelligence. It's got the connections. And it's got the power to accomplish that which your connections cannot accomplish. Your education cannot accomplish. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to build your trust in the integrity of the word of God. So when the prophets prophesied, they didn't know what governments were going to come. They didn't know what kind of atmosphere was going to, live, to be lived in. They didn't know that. But all they did is they released the word. And that word itself had capacity to talk to kings, to move environments. Let me tell you this. I told you that Jesus was taking a stock take, making sure that every prophecy that was written about him comes to pass, right? To the extent that when he was about to die, he noticed, says, oh, some things have not been fulfilled. Then the Bible says, to fulfill that was, which was written in the scriptures, he said, I thirst. In other words, just before he died, he said, wait, there's one more scripture I've not yet fulfilled. And he fulfilled it. Now, look at people like, look at people like Judas and the chief priest who betrayed Jesus, Right? Who told them? Who told them to suggest that Jesus should be sold at 30 pieces of silver? Because remember, Zechariah had prophesied it. 
that they are going to value me at 30 pieces of silver. And from the law, from the laws of Moses, we notice that when a slave has been gored by an ox, he should be priced at 30 pieces of silver. That is to mean that they were writing about Jesus. But then who told the Pharisees and the chief priests to value Jesus at 30 pieces of silver to fulfill the word that was written? Who told them? That means Jesus may have not been there necessarily to ensure that he tells Judas, so as you are going to sell me, make sure it's a, it's a, it's a 30 pieces of something. No, 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 no. You see, every, every person carries an environment. I told you last time about This guy, what was his name? Not just, yeah. the guy who used to cause pain. Jabez, not Jezebel. Uh-huh. <laughs> A guy named Jezebel. So, this guy said, because his name meant pain, right? Someone who caused pain. He said, oh Lord, that you may bless me that I may not cause pain. That means he carried an environment of pain. If you were hanging out with him, you don't have to be slapped by him. As long as you are around him, something will slap you. (laughs) Or something wrong will happen to you. Because even besides him causing the pain, there are forces around him that work against him to make sure that his name is fulfilled. We all carry an environment. And sometimes we don't have to do anything. But that environment which we carry will be actively working for us. This is why we don't encourage you to marry someone who does not believe like you. Because they are going to carry an environment that may discourage you. They've carried things, spirits, powers. Then you just slide into the marriage. Because you are in love. When you read the story of Joseph, Joseph had a dream. And the dream was speaking about his destiny. And he saw that even stars were bowing down to him and the moon was bowing down to him. Jacob's interpretation was, so are you, Jacob was saying, so are you telling us that even as your parents are going to be bowing down to you, you must be joking. He was not happy. But that was, that's one dimension of interpretation. That dream also meant that Joseph had the environment around him to change times and seasons. You can be living with Joseph. Joseph would determine times and seasons for the blessing and for the deaths of the people. You are... (laughs) He's in prison and he's able to tell, my time to come out here has come. Please talk to me. He wasn't talked to. But a time came when this guy, okay, look at, look at, look at Daniel as well. How is it God wants to promote Daniel? Do you know what God did? He just simply used the environment that was in Daniel. Daniel was gifted with the capacity to interpret dreams and visions which no one else had except him. So what God does is he just activates the gift that is in Daniel to the extent that no wise men were able to interpret the dreams. It was not just God working it. God wanted to promote Daniel. So what God has to do is unlock the capacities that are within Daniel. So it is Daniel's gifting working around, making sure that no one else is able to interpret the dreams except him. Because a time for the rising of Daniel had come. And how was God going to do it? Using the gift that was in Daniel. There's a principle in God called come as you are. Meaning God is going to use the very things that are on the inside of you. When Moses was about to be sent out, he was asked, what do you have? Moses was thinking he's joking. He says, oh, I have a stick. God said, throw it. That same thing is what God used to pull down an entire kingdom. The stick. So besides you, there are things that you carry, forces, environments. In other words, 
Jesus being the word of God had the capacity to be living and active besides himself to cause events to align to what was prophesied even without his physical personal presence. Are you seeing that? So as you are walking with Jesus, everything that was written about him, even if he is not there, is going to be fulfilled because he is the word. In other words, generally, the word of God has got the capacity to cause things to happen. No one told them, sell Jesus at 30 pieces of silver. No one told them, but there were forces at work. There are forces of prophecy. The Bible says in Acts 20, 32, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. And then the Bible says, which is able. Did you hear that? Which is able, number one, to build you up. Number two, to give you an inheritance. It's able to build you, one. Number two, it's able to give you an inheritance. It means the word has got capacity to do those things. The word has got capacity to do those things. When a prophetic word has been spoken, as we read in the book of 2 Kings, when the prophet said, Tomorrow about this time, things are going to be cheap. You are going to die. Everyone is going to be happy. <laughs> when that word was spoken, it began looking for, see, this is what happens when I say, this week is a week of prosperity. See, when that word is released, it's a prophetic word because it is coming from the heart of God. It will start looking for who is willing to work with it. Because remember, it's a person. So when it's been released, it goes out. <sighs> you see, after this, you will believe the word of God. You, you will believe it. Say, so how are we going to do it? Forget that. The word itself has capacity to cause things to come to pass. So that word went to look for who to use. It looks at, at the people who are educated, the lecturers, and they don't have the wisdom, they don't have the faith, it moves away. It will go to the people who are the soldiers. They are defeated by hunger. It will go away. It's looking. That's what you are not seeing. It's the forces of the prophetic word that was given by the man of God. It went to look. And guess what it used? It found four lepers. And the four lepers were willing to die. And the word said, these are the ones I'm going to use. So that word, which was spoken by the prophet yesterday, inspired the lepers to be bold and confident. We are already dead. If we stay here, we die. If we go in the city, they kill us. Let's just take ourselves to these heathens so that they do whatever they want with us. Maybe they can give us a meal. They thought they were just thinking, but the word of God was working with them. Sometimes I can say, in the name of Jesus, you are favored. Suddenly on Monday, the lecturer says, I don't like what you did. I'm giving you a makeup exam. The, the prophetic word is finding a way of favoring you. Not so, Sister Miriam. It is finding a way of favoring you and making sure that what was said about you comes to pass. Because it's got the capacity to go, to be active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And goes to the dividing line of spirit and so on. Joint and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it is going. It's looking for who? To favor you, it is gone out. It is looking for, so it will go. When you say, this is a month of prosperity, you are saying, amen, the word of God goes out. It looks at what you are doing. You are into hairdressing. Okay, it will look for which gig will require people to dress up properly. It doesn't matter, it's Miss Universe, Miss whatever it is. Doesn't matter they are secular. Do their hair, get your money. Anyways, so... <laughs> And the church said, <laughs> so they will come and say, ah, you know, somehow the word will make them late and will just make that guy who does the hair for everyone. He will be so busy. And someone will just lazily say, you know, there's this girl this side. The word is at work. It's at work. Because remember, the word doesn't have to tell people, you, you have to take money there. The same way that the word did not tell the chief priest to 
value Jesus at 30 pieces, but it's got its own way it does things. It may not follow the economics and the science of the environment, but it has a way it compels people. You know, God is called the God of all flesh. That means God is the God of all flesh. Whether the flesh is saved, unsaved, as long as it is flesh, God has access to them. Whether they are CEOs, whether they are OECs, it doesn't matter. As long as they are flesh, God has access to them because he's the one who created them. Can you imagine one time God wanted to favor a man named Mordecai and a king could not sleep. That king was not saved. It wasn't the Holy Spirit moving on on him. It was pressure from the word. The word has got a way of putting pressure. Sometimes for one person, one person, they can remark the whole class for one person. For one person, they can redo the interview. And the reason why that person did not attend the interview was because they were lazy. But even though they were lazy, they are a child of God. So you don't even like them. (laughs) They even did the wrongest of things, and I'm not encouraging that. But what I'm saying is, the word is working. You need to trust in the word. Sometimes that's why you watch. It says, be still and know. Sometimes you watch. As you just speak the word of God, you watch and see things come to pass. Because the word of God has got the intelligence. We are going to read one last scripture from the book of Isaiah chapter 55. How many are saying, I believe the word of God? It has forces of prophecy. To be born in Bethlehem, when you read history, that census never used to happen. But if that census was not prompted in the king, there was not going to be a census so that Jesus could be moved and be born where he was supposed to be born. But suddenly the governors just said, ah, well, let's have a census. They don't know what moved them. (laughs) The word was at work. I decree and declare there's going to be an interview. They will say, but the company is already full. Don't worry. Let's just do it. Someone will resign. Eh? I decree and declare in the name of Jesus. Now the prophetic word is meeting your faith. I decree and declare there is going to be an advert for some strange reason by the workings of the words of prophecy. Only your application will be seen because God is taking us to a season of prosperity. And I decree and declare by the power of the Holy Spirit, you prosper in your workplaces. You prosper in your, in your environments. You prosper at work, you prosper. In your health, you prosper. You may not know how exactly it's going to happen, but the word of God is living and active. It is living and active. It knows what it is doing. For the word of God, that God speaks is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it goes to the divining line of spirit and soul, of joint and marrow. I believe the word of God it knows people in offices. It knows people in high places. It knows people in institutions. It knows people in this big place. Ah! The word of God is working. The word of God is working for me. The word of God is working for me. It knows people who don't deserve the money. There's a wealth transfer. There's a wealth transfer. Come down. Verse 8. Let's conclude. Let's conclude. Let's conclude. Verse 8. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Let's go. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my words higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want you to look at this. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. He says, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper. Ah! The word of God, you see, when the word is released, it has an assignment. 
and it will come down like this. It's living and active. And then it will say, I need to prosper because I'm going to give a report to God. He says, he says, it shall not fail in that thing I sent it. So when the word comes, it comes to work. He says, it shall not return to him void. I decree and declare from today, any word which has been spoken to you will not return to you void. It will not return to you. The forces of the word, the forces of the prophetic word are coming to pass over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to stand. Rede hendele behendele bahai. Raba baba sote kele bradi alakasanda. Raba baba she. You see, he says specifically for the word which God speaks. The word that is written is great, but the one which is active is the one that is spoken. I want you to find scriptures that favor you and your life, and you are going to be releasing them as prophetic words, knowing that they are going out to work. I'm giving you two minutes to do that. Come on, somebody. Oh, if I were you, I would be louder. Search the scriptures. Zende bereke soriata, rende de beriaka sandala baride, rababa sotele mendelebe, rima sonda parasakalende, rababa shoto koroko sonde, rebebebebe soto korondeleke prakila, rababa basa, rete tete tete tete, rababa satatata, repepepepe shoto tototo, rebebebebe sha. Oh Lord, you said in your word, I'll be the head and not the tail. I decree and declare. In my business, I'm the head and not the tail. In the mighty name of Jesus, as I do agriculture, as I do real estate, as I practice, I'm the head and not the tail. Let the forces of the word that I prophesy begin to work. Begin to work. I believe your word. I am at rest. I do not panic. The forces of prophecy are working for me. My life doesn't end here. Sit down. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I told you last time of the story of Paul and the snake. Paul was supposed to have appeared before Julius Caesar to testify because God had told him that's a prophetic word God told him you are going to appear before Caesar rather Caesar and then you are going to, to you are going to, to testify but as they were going as they were going to the journey and what I'm going to tell you is very important as they were going to that journey bad things began to happen the boat that I mean the ship that we are on the sea that they were on had a tempest. And it was so bad that people thought they were going to die. But none of them died. And an angel came further to talk to Paul and told him, you are going to testify before Caesar because that's what God said about you. So Paul encouraged the people. But even after encouraging the people, it was so bad that they nearly drowned. But somehow, they found themselves at an island called Malta. And as they found themselves at an island called Malta, a snake followed him. After having survived the tempest, a snake came for him. And not just a snake at your... No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was a viper. The one they shake. is the one that came and beat him. <laughs> And everyone said, he's going to swell and burst like a balloon and die. But what did Paul do? Just As I was studying the word of God, I remembered that no, what made this guy shake this thing off? I was thinking maybe it's the life of God that it is in him. That's correct. But when I studied technically, I discovered, no, 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 no. The forces of prophecy wouldn't allow him to die. There was a word that he must reach Caesar and testify. And having this word as a word from God, he knew there is no way. There is no way. I don't, I don't. When you read the script, at which point do you die? Let me show you. There's a way to die. Eh? Let me teach you how to die.
The Bible says, and Abraham was an old man, full of years, unsatisfied. And he died at an old age. And he was gathered into his fathers and he died. The Bible says he was rich in God, not just in the spirit. We, that's where it begins from. <laughs> I don't know about you. But he was not just rich in the spirit. He would prophesy. That's great. He had a relationship. Amazing. But then the Bible says he was rich in gold, in silver, in cattle. This man even had an army. What amount? He had about 318 people. Those are just the people he would go to fight with. Not the total number he had. 318 men. Imagine now what kind of land do you have? Where you even have an army and they've got all the ammunition. And you are a man of God. <laughs> I'm not saying no, you are a mafia. No, 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 no. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You even have an army. Somebody say, wow. wow. So that's, and you know that man Abraham is called your father. That means Isaac had an army. Are you listening to me? In other words, the way Abraham died is how I'm supposed to die. If I'm going to die. Old, satisfied, rich. If Jesus decides to delay and he doesn't want to rapture me, <laughs> that's I don't know about you, but that's the way to go. When Jesus, so he fulfilled, Abraham fulfilled everything God told him to do. There were forces of prophecy. Abraham knew he was not going to die until he says, I'll bless you, I'll make your name great. So Abraham, when you read the end of his life, he didn't die, his name became great. He was so blessed. Whoever cursed him, God cursed. Whoever blessed him, every word that was spoken to Abraham came to pass. I did a stock taking. When Jesus was about to die, he was about, ah, there's something he said. Ah, this is heavy, yeah? I don't know if you are, if you are able to receive this. Should I? Yes, yes. Are you able to receive this? Yes. Don't be shy. Respond alone. Don't look at your crush. Are you able to receive this? Yes. Or maybe I take this to next year we... Because you are looking very deep. <laughs> One time they nearly threatened Jesus that they were going to kill him. Do you know what he said? He said, the reason my father loves me is because he gave me authority over my own life. You can't kill me. I can lay it down and I can lift it up. Let me explain that to you. The Bible didn't say Jesus died. No. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. And do you know how Jesus gave up the ghost? The Bible says, to fulfill scripture, he looked and said, so in other words, he said, no, 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 ghost, stay here. <laughs> that means he's spirit. <laughs> he says, oh, no, no, I need to drink something because there's a scripture I need to fulfill. So then he now said it is finished. And the Bible says, he gave up his spirit. You will not die until you are done. It doesn't matter what sickness it is. It is just here to pass through. No, by, by virtue of your assignment and the, by virtue of the prophetic word, which, was, which, 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 which we are looking at right now, that Jesus lived his life. You have authority over that life that God has given you. Don't say anything can happen. Don't say that. Until you are done with the work that God gave you. Then you can say, now I am a, I'm an old man. Now I am willing to die. Now I can go. <laughs> Wait, let, let me finish this. I asked you a question. I said, are you re ready to receive this? Some of you will say, oh, you don't know what can happen. Then die anyhow. But I know you, you, you like this. You just don't have faith for it. But you are receiving it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you something. Sit down. I'm about to conclude. Paul says, I am confused. Should I die or should I live? What? This guy was even confused. Like he was genuine. You know, there are people who are, 
was saying, no, I'm confused. Did I choose John or Chinfuembe? <laughs> like there's that dimension of confusion. But this guy was saying, okay, if I continue living, it will benefit you. But to live is Christ. To die is gain. And I would rather go to that other end of the joint. So, but anyways, for your sake. <laughs> hey! <laughs> you are still here until you are done with the work that God gave you. You'll still be walking around like this. You will still be around. In the name of Jesus. Until you are So that's, that's Paul. Paul reached an extent where he said, um, afterwards, he said, I fought a good fight. I've run a good race. I think I can. That's how to die. <laughs> I said, that's how to die. But there's also an authority which is placed upon us as children of God. The Bible says you are gods and all of you are children of the most high. But because you don't know, it says you die like mere men and fall like one of the princes. No. Have you ever heard of a story of the, about the death of a god? Even if that god dies, <laughs> they just disappear. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a way. Somebody said there's a way. There's a way. Stop saying, oh, how about that person who believed in God? No, 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 no. There are many people who believed in God, but they, they were broke. It doesn't change the fact that in him you can be rich. So what scripture do you believe? Do not, take, do not exchange the truth of the word of God for experience. Because someone you looked up to ended up like anyone else. Ooh, you are shaken. No, what you do is you follow your part of the word of God and you believe it. How do you know maybe they didn't believe that thing? Let's not exchange truth for experience. Are you listening to me? He said, ah, I have fought a good fight. I have run a good race. So what made Paul sit there, shake the thing off, forces of prophecy? He said, no, 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 no. The angel told me, listen, imagine the angel says, um, you have to reach Caesar and testify. Then you die here. Death, you are joking. You are cracking a joke. So you exercise your authority. I, I'm not yet old. I've not done much. Said, no! Let me show you. Are you ready for this? Or maybe I leave it. Give me First Corinthians chapter number 3. Let's close with that one. Ha <laughs> Ichalo chenu mwelesa Imyulu yenu mwelesa Umwela wenu mweles Lesa takwabo wabang Lesa takwabo wabang Give me verse 21. Say, I believe the word of God. By the way, it's a word you believe that works for you. Just right there, I can conclude and finish and go home. Therefore, let no one boast in men for all things. Hey, all things are yours. How do you read the Bible? Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, wow. Wow. Did I just see that? 
problem you read the english in 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 in, in latin so you read no 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 no, no. It, some people read the bible like latin but written in english words so you're reading it you have no understanding but you can read sometimes be honest and just check what did the bible just say that I thought you would say, therefore, do not boast in men, for all men are yours. No. It's like it switches. Says, ah, you're even talking about men. <laughs> Let the, oh, okay. Okay, that's nice. Tell us. Give us examples. Let's see. You've seen that colon there. Whether, whether Paul or Apollos, or the world, or life, or death, it's only either he was drunk or he knew something. How can a man say, whether life of... Okay, let's look at his life. No wonder he would say, I'm confused. Should I die? Then he begins calculating. Okay, if I, if I stay longer, it will help you if I go. He will be crying with the angels. So I would... Yeah, 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 yeah. Silas. Ah, this one is it. It's a conundrum. Mm, it's a quagmire. So, see, that's the man. It's a bunch up. No, it won't look good if you go. Then he says, okay, no, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll stick around a little longer. <laughs> Only a man who knew that revelation could talk like that. I want, give it, give it to me in the Amplified Classic. There's something I want you to see. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. No wonder whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the universe or life or death. Then he says, or the immediate and threatening present. You don't know where the school fees is going to come from. No, you don't have to know. Speak the word. It knows what to do. You don't know whether you're going to clear or you're the one they are going to clear. Speak the word. The word knows how to enter the system. They were, ah, they were, listen, you are not the word, you. But you have access to the word. That's your biggest connection. You may not know anyone in admin. You may not know anyone in dean of students. But you know the king of kings. You know the lord of lords. You know the owner of the word. You know the word. It's a, the word is a person. And once you take him from where he's written, he says, or oh, the immediate and threatening present, the corona. Now it's the fuel. Now it's the Ukrainian war. The world always has like a something threatening happening. But see, as you are driving, say, in the name of Jesus, I will never run out of gas. In the name of Jesus, I will never run out of transport money. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, I stay afloat. Because the same water which was causing everybody to drown was causing Noah's ark to, 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 to float. Hallelujah. Look at that. It says, or oh, the subsequent and uncertain future. Huh? You, you may not even know where the next meal is going to come from, but it is yours. All things are yours. Whether life or death, whether the present, the past, or the future, God gave them to you by the sacrifice of Jesus as a gift. I refuse to be lost. I cannot panic because all things are mine. You see now what I'm doing? I'm taking the integrity of the word and putting it out. And since the word has noticed that all things belong to him, that word which I've released, which says all things are his, now take form because it has to be living and active. So it will begin collecting transport money, school fees. What? Everything it will be gathering because all things belong. Ah! All things are yours. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. Do you know the one who is in you? The word of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, when we say greater is he that is in you, it means, it doesn't say great. It says greater. That means he was weighed. He was compared. It means they took him, compared him to money, he was greater. They took him, compared him to connections, he was greater. They took him. Some of you are not even educated. They compared him to education, he was greater. 
The one who is on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the... So what, you, what do you do? You take the one that is inside of you and you speak him out. You speak him out. You see, let me, let me tell you this in, in closing. A lot of people, you can stand. A lot of people, it's not that they don't believe the word of God. What the devil does is he cripples their energy to release it from their mouths. So you find, after I preached like this, it was powerful, it was nice. When you go back home, you just say, hmm. If someone tells you they are going through, you even say, no, confess the word of God, my sister. Meanwhile, you, there's no load of confession the past one month. When we measure the weight of the words that you've released, we, there's nothing, it's weightless. You don't, you're not convinced. The reason why I taught you forces of prophecy is for you to be convinced of the things you've already heard. To trust the integrity of the word of God. You will not end up like everyone else. You are a God. And all of you are children of the most high God. You shall not end up like everyone else. There's going to be a distinguishment about you. I want you to begin praying rigorously in the spirit. Knowing that the word of God is going to work for you. I believe the word. I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. The Bible said he sent his word. All he did is sent his word. But the Bible says he healed their disease. When the word went out, it knew what to do.